Welcome to episode one of Fishing from Covered Bridges, a podcast by Richard DeCosta. I have been in love with the British way of fishing ever since I first watched A Passion for Angling. It is to anglers what the joy of painting is to artists, with the quiet, easy narration of Bernard Cribbins, who I later discovered had appeared in several of my favorite British TV shows, and to my composer's ears, the completely British sound of Jeannie Muscat's graceful and flowing musical score. To this day, when I listen to composers like Elgar or Butterworth, I am unwittingly transported to the lush and overgrown, so far yet so familiar banks of Redmire Pool in Hertfordshire, England. I have never been there, not in person, but I am sure I would know it if I stumbled upon it, as I have in my dreams. It's not just the setting of the show that is so inviting, it's the wholeness of the fishing experience that is conveyed in the program. Passionate anglers Chris Yates and Bob James spend nearly as much time quietly watching birds, making polite conversation, riding, napping, and brewing tea on the bank, as they do actually going after fish. Add to that the fact that England has several species of fish that we don't have here in Maine, which are so charming and so dear to them that it doesn't matter that they're small. What a beautiful rug, they'll say with a smile. Must be nearly half a pound. Charming. At the end of the day, however, what they're really after are carp not specifically a British fish, or even European. But, by the way, I was introduced to them by Chris and Bob, via the telly, of course. On the banks of Redmire, carp feel British to me, and I adore them. Sedentary and slow, plump and frumpy, they are the antithesis of that darling of Maine anglers, the holy brook trout. Carp are from away, you see, and most real anglers look down on them. Don't you know they're bottom feeders? Well, so are lobsters, my friend. The main department of inland fisheries and wildlife barely acknowledges their existence, and then only in passing, not for a moment considering that they might be anything other than an invasive species. I too was guilty of a kind of intellectual blind spot to them for a time. For two full years after I first experienced second-hand carp angling on Redmire, it didn't occur to me that the carp might live somewhere other than merry old England. For some reason, I assumed that they existed over there only, and sighed the sigh of the broke Anglophile who would probably never actually visit those waters, let alone fish them. Once I cleared the fog from my brain and actually looked, I discovered that we too have carp, right here in Maine. The Kennebec River, for one, including Merrymeeting Bay and its tributaries, are loaded with carp. Now, according to most accounts, especially early ones, carp are hard fish to catch. Some would say, impossible. In fact, one person wrote an entire book about how impossible they are to catch. And for that reason, they're not worth the bother. 
Countless angling journals, books, magazine articles, and TV shows over the last few decades have proven this untrue. They can be caught if you know how. And once you do have one on the line, hold on. They fight like mad. It's hard enough to catch a carp on a farm pond where everything pretty much stays where it is from one minute to the next, except for the carp, of course. But here, on the south end of the mighty Kennebec River, it's tidal water, so things are in constant motion. This also limits the amount of time in the course of a day to fish for carp, or almost anything else, meaning that you only get a crack at catching one for only a few hours twice a day, and the clock is always ticking. Over the last couple years, I've built up a private fantasy about the kind of carp fishing I'd be doing in Maine. This is before I learned where they lived, of course. It went something like this. In the early morning, I would set out on my motorcycle, laden with fishing and camping gear, as it so often is, ride out to the country, perhaps to Millinocket inland or Bucksport on the coast, park the bike by the side of a small farm pond, set up camp, scatter some boilies, a cereal flour sugar mix balled up and boiled, to spur the carp's appetite and to earn their trust, set up a couple rods and while away a lazy hour or so making tea on the bank, until one of my floats got pulled under, and then I would have a jolly good scrape with a lusty 20-pounder, which I would eventually coax into my net, admire lovingly on the bank, and then gently ease back into the water. Well, isn't this nice, I'd say. Just like the British do. Turns out carp fishing in Maine isn't nearly so quaint. I said they were to be found in the Kennebec River. This is fine, and rivers can be charming, but to paint a clearer picture, the Kennebec is about as far removed from an English farm pond as it's possible to be. The Kennebec River, especially around Merrymeeting Bay, is grand, majestic, important. In a word, huge. At times when paddling from one fishing spot to another, possibly miles apart, on this great river, I'd encounter wide stretches walled with tall pines and birches, with eagles overhead and great leaping sturgeon on all sides, I feel like a latter-day Lewis and Clark off to explore a continent. The feeling overall is one of immensity, of grandeur. And so I've modified my carp-angling worldview to suit the reality of where I live and where they live, and can now be quite happily paddling my kayak for miles in the strong currents and eddies, waiting for the tide to bring the carp into the wide, grassy tidal flats where they feed on plants, insects, and crustaceans that live there in abundance. It is there, gently anchored in these calm edge waters, that I sit and enjoy a riparian snack of homemade beef jerky and black instant coffee, watching the large fishing vessels set out to sea. It's not merry old England, it's not Red Mire, it's Merry Meeting Bay, and I love it. I've never been much of a tea drinker anyway. <laughs>